0: We are slamming into the end of the week. Wow. We've got the free-for-all coming your way with topics to cover from the annual Ag Outlook Forum, Secretary Vilsack's testimony on Capitol Hill, the bean crush pace, and the status of the farm bill.
1: Live from our respective broadcast bunkers and thought laboratories via Farm Journal broadcast, this is AgriTalk. This morning it's a Friday for all with Jim Wiesmeyer. I'm handsome newsman Davis Michelson, and now the host <laughs> of Agro talk chat All right, everybody's at meetings, bro. We can't get anybody. It's at crazy. Meeting.
0: Well, yeah. hey, you know, did you say Jim Wiesmeyer?
1: I said Jim Wiesmeyer. Yep. Jim
0: Wiesmeyer. Yep. Uh, um, you're gonna
1: have to remind me, Jim. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Jim. Jim. He's Jim. this guy. That, oh, he was. He was working at pro farmer like back oh, in the '70s and stuff, some yeah. Washington thing. Been there, a pretty for cool like, guy. Pretty cool like guy. 40,
0: 45 years, something like that. Like, yeah, something like that. Decent. Yeah, I amount remember of experience. him now. Yeah, I nice remember guy. Him now. Nice yeah. fella. It's gonna be great to get Wiesmeyer <laughs> back on here. He's been <laughs> oh, on the road baby. for a couple of weeks.
1: We need him, and
0: uh, yeah. we're gonna find out what he's been learning while he's out there on the road. Mm-hmm. What's he Absolutely. been talking about? What do the questions sound like? What what um, what is on farmers' minds at the meetings that Jim has has been at over the past couple of weeks? I'm looking forward to that. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. We got to do this, right? We, I mean, we got to do this. Shout out to Caitlin Clark and the Iowa Hawkeyes. Oh, um, yeah, you, you know that it. I I had a run in with a with a hawk fan last night. Oh, is that right? at the at o'hare international airport mm-hmm. okay i had my phone up i was watching the game all of a sudden the crowd starts to gather and somebody right behind me says something like boy i bet this is just killing those cyclone fans Aha! Uh-huh. and i was like i don't think so no mm-hmm. i don't think i feel fine i'm a cyclone fan true uh, true loyal and true forever okay Mm -hmm. but this is an iowa girl at an iowa university making really good doing really cool things Mm -hmm. of course i'm going to cheer for this if you don't you're a loser
1: Mm -hmm.
0: Mm -hmm. Uh, she didn't take to that very kindly really no no so i invited her to leave my phone (laughs) but a big big congratulations to Caitlin, uh, the new NCAA women's scoring champ. She's got Pistol Pete Maravich's NCAA all time basketball scoring title uh, in her sights. It's possible. I think there's mm-hmm. four more games, uh, regular season games, and then you got the Big Ten tournament, and then you got mm-hmm. the NCAA tournament. Mm-hmm. Um, if, if they can make a deep run into the NCAA tournament like they did last year, the deepest of the deep Chip. runs, Chip. Who knows?
1: I gotta stop you right there. What? Don't give, don't give your heart to the Hawkeyes, bro. Oh, yeah. I'm, oh, I've been hey. there. I've been hurt so many times. You know what? I'm. You know what goes through my head? M I C Z O U. I'm local now. Ooh, now we could spice oh. things up. The Jayhawks aren't far from here. There's lots of Jayhawk <laughs> traffic around KC, baby. This could oh, get interesting. Yeah.
0: That's great. That's ah. great. If... <laughs> yeah the worst thing the the uh well I'm not gonna get into that
1: <laughs> I would become a, a a Jayhawk sports supporter an avid supporter just for spite I gotta be honest I think it'd be great be- radio you know
0: what I believe you <laughs> I believe you you know you've you've gotten into the chiefs uh you've mm-hmm. shown an ability mm-hmm. to understand sports ball a little bit it would not surprise me at all for you to do a crash course sure. into uh, into KU and and uh, just just despite well just despite <laughs> yes all that
1: aside yes congratulations to Caitlin Clark and That's the, uh, right. the Lady Hawks uh, yeah it's, it is a huge accomplishment very much very much I'll give all right.
0: that. Um, you know and <laughs> and she, what was it forty nine points she put up last night it was a, oh geez. Yeah, it it, it was a single-game scoring record for the Hawkeyes. Mm -hmm. Uh, And and not to mention, she had 13 assists, too, or something like that. Wow, nice. Crazy, crazy. All right, let's get to the news.
1: National Weather Service outlook. A swath of accumulating snow will spread from the Midwest today to the Mid-Atlantic tonight. Heavy rain and mountain snow will impact California this weekend. A chilly air sweeps across much of the central and southern parts of the country this weekend. Chip, it's snowing in Kansas City right now.
0: Is it really? Wow, it really up is. here yep. in the Tropic North, we're looking pretty good. It's twenty four degrees, but the sun is shining.
1: Nice. Well tip farm margins will continue to tighten this year on falling prices for many commodities, but a key takeaway from the one hundredth USDA Ag Outlook Forum is that new revenue streams are making a difference on the farm. In his keynote address, Ag Secretary Tom Vilsack expressed hope that farmers will be able to diversify and encourage the next generation to To stay on the farm, he had this to say. How about we create multiple income streams that that farmer can utilize? So if commodity prices, as Seth indicated, are down one year, maybe there's another source of income that's also coming into the farm that bolsters the family income that doesn't require you to work two full-time jobs, which allows you to make the case to the young people who want to be the next generation that, yes, you can, in fact, be the next generation. See, Chip, I do like that he brought it around to that next generation succession is is a bit of a concern on the farm right now, and mm-hmm. so I'm glad to hear glad to hear it at least yeah. came up.
0: Yeah, absolutely, and I've seen his full presentation
1: yeah.
0: uh, on the diversification. What he's talking about is green energy. He wants to see solar farms. He wants to see wind farms. Mm-hmm. Uh, he wants to see uh, the the climate smart farming practices become another source of revenue on the farm if you know and if it can happen great go for it Uh, i'm just not convinced that it can
1: Mm -hmm. well despite a ton of work to do chip the house exited a day early and will be gone for a nearly two week president's day recess the house will return february 28 just three days before the first government funding deadline the republican house majority's top vote counter Said the House will not pass another temporary spending bill to prevent partial government shutdown. We got to get more from Jim on this. I don't get it, any of this.
0: I, I just don't know.
1: Yeah. The House did pass a measure to reverse the Biden administration's pause on new liquefied natural gas export approvals. However, it's unlikely that the democratically controlled Senate will consider the plan. And I was reading, you know, Japan is feeling sketchy about this natural gas stuff. Dude, if we, if we start to lose natural gas demand, from importers, mm-hmm. man, I don't know what happens.
0: Oh, it, You can't have it. You can't well, have it. What happens is the natural gas price is going to go very low. Mm-hmm. And uh, uh, dem- the, therefore, the incentive to put more product on the market is going to be gone.
1: Well, an Arizona district court vacated the 2020 registration of over-the-top dicamba products, so the Environmental Protection Agency issued an existing stocks order chip this order allows limited sale and distribution of dicamba products that were already in possession of growers or in trade channels outside of the control of pesticide companies by February 6th. But then after that, Chip, it's it's done, right? Uh, I need to get more
0: detail on it before I can say that then it's done. Uh, mm-hmm. Because the appeal, the last time we, we talked with the folks over at the Egg uh, Retailers Association... This was step number one. Let's get the okay-to-go-ahead-and-use product that is in place, whether it's in a retailer's warehouse or a farmer's warehouse. After that, let's get an appeal on this decision going okay. and, and take it from there. So we'll, we will continue to watch it develop. Thanks, Davis. Appreciate it, buddy. It. We've got the free-for-all coming up. We smire. We smire. We smire. Michelson and me here on Agriton.
1: Our name says it all. Agritalk. What more do you need to know?
0: Hey, welcome back to Agritalk. I'm Chip. Glad that you are with us on this Friday morning. We've got uh, the free-for-all coming your way. It's Jim Wiesmeyer, Davis Michelson, and me, Chip Florey. I am ready to go and to... uh, to learn what Jim has been up to for the past couple of weeks. Let's bring him in. Pro Farmer Policy Analyst Jim Wiesmeyer. How you doing, buddy?
5: I'm a traveling man, but I'm home until next Tuesday. I go down to Missouri again for the Missouri pork producers, Chip, in the okay. Ozarks.
0: All right. Well, I know you like that trip.
5: I like that trip, uh, but boy, those hog producers need higher yeah. prices.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And the issues that the hog guys are dealing with right now, whether it be uh, disease prevention or just profitability, uh, yes. things that are happening in the, in, in the business and, and, uh, uh, slaughter capacity and everything. It's, it's, it's all an issue that guys are talking about right now. Uh, My wife and
1: I had some, uh, pork medallions last night that oh. just, oh, they were so good. They, they brought tears to our eyes. Delicious. <laughs> Everyone out there, get you some pork. All right. Uh, It's absolutely delicious.
5: And I was recently in California, and I tell my uh, audiences uh, when I'm not in California, uh, because of Proposition 12, they always have bacon on the the breakfast buffets at the hotels. And I eat probably triple the amount I normally do just to get back (laughs) at California.
1: (laughs) There's that spite
0: again. (laughs) Yeah. I love it. I love it. You know, I got to see you just briefly when you were out on the road. Our, our paths crossed uh, down at Top Producers Summit in Kansas City for a little bit. But uh, what have what what's been the theme the the overriding theme of what you've heard from producers? Uh, commodity groups uh, as you've been out on the road?
5: Yeah, several, Chip. One, interest rates are beginning to uh, bite a growing number of producers. They're a little concerned. Now, what I tell them, okay, let's look ahead a little. Uh, Next year, your financing cost will be lower because the Fed uh, probably June, you know, this year will start reducing the rates. That's point one. Two, uh, the beauty of some co-ops to give back, uh, you know, I forget what they call it, repatriation, uh, that has aided some. I know in Nebraska where I was at, at Ag Country Farm Credit Services, they're getting back equivalent to a, a percent and a half chip. Uh, and that, that has helped out okay. big time. Three is that there's a lot of corn left to sell. A lot wow. of corn. Yeah. And so farmers are asking, and I know you've covered this in the in the afternoon sessions, but they know that the shorts are heavily, uh, they know that the funds are heavily short, perhaps record amounts for both corn and beans, and they want to know what will it take for them to start having to cover their shorts and what type of rally we'll have. And I said, well, it could be a pretty good rally, but you ought to sell into that because it doesn't look too yeah. good for the at least short-term outlook i hear yeah. that a lot yep
0: man oh man that that has been a topic number one of discussion for me uh as is out on the road and yesterday down at uh, national farm machinery show that's for sure
5: Hmm far uh, the number of uh, farm equipment you saw were John Deere's earnings uh, they issued a little cautionary flags uh, yesterday on their their outlook and that's confirmed by a number of farmers who tell me there's a lot of equipment uh, still on the ground yet, yet mm-hmm. to be sold and and that equates to the farm income situation that we saw what, last week, where where, where USDA's yeah. very early forecast down $40 billion this year on top of a $26 billion cut the right. year before. So you're you're getting into this cost-price uh, uh, spiral here, and you you heard that at, at this week's Ag Outlook Forum. By the way, the 100th hundred, year of yeah. USDA's Ag Outlook Forum. I've been around so long that I remember when it was held at <laughs> USDA's auditorium in well, the main think- business.
0: I, I think you've missed like two, haven't you?
5: Well, I I don't go down nearly <laughs> as much. I let my our good friend Roger Bernard do the beat reporting on that one for me. I'll make I'll make an appearance, but that's about it. <laughs> <laughs> but but if the theme, it was interesting, because I, I um, it looks like uh, Seth Meyer at USDA and others are telling farmers, you know, and you heard it with Vilsack on the news. We gotta have other revenue streams for agriculture because frankly, Chip, the trade component, we're not inking new trade agreements. So that's why, to connect dots here, this coming decision no later than March 1 by the Treasury Department to see whether or not corn qualifies, corn-based ethanol qualifies as an eligible feedstock for sustainable aviation fuel is the holy grail for yeah. policy for corn producers i hear that wherever i go as well they better yeah. qualify yeah but
1: now jim that, when, is, when he talks about those new streams of revenue for farmers coming up i mean that's just code for green stuff right i mean there are no absolutely. other there are no uh proposed revenue streams outside of solar wind uh carbon capture that sort of stuff correct
5: yeah, it's period. Biofuels are carbon yeah. mitigation, absolutely. And farmers, uh, they, they they like to hear that, but now they want to see some proof, well, yeah. you know. But I'll tell you, in the sunscreens wherever I go, it's but like uh, around Cincinnati, Ohio, uh, uh, Missouri, that I'll go back to uh, the black lands of North Carolina. Uh, this issue of sunscreens is a emotional one, because some farmers are being paid up to $3,000 an acre. You heard me correct, $3,000 an acre for some sun panels. And, uh, you know, landowner has every right to go for that, but that affects the local farmer community. In some cases, they've had to level the land to put the sunscreens on, which has caused some drainage problems for farmers south of, of the uh, sure. of the area hmm. so uh, that's going to be a growing issue that i see but farmers relative to the green credit they want to see proof that they're going to get sustainable mm-hmm. uh you know carbon yeah. mitigation payments and the first thing they ask is if trump were to become the president again will he continue some of these programs
0: right right yeah, that, that that is exactly right. The uh, the, the concern that if a, a producer would make a move to capture some of these funds that are available out there, whether it be with a solar panel or you know a solar farm, whatever it is, uh, that they that the incentives may disappear after uh, if President Trump. If it becomes President Trump after this fall.
5: Yeah, um, he would cut a lot through of the E B credits, Chip, for electric vehicles. You yeah. know Trump is going to try to get, uh, you know, temper those for sure. But yeah. when it comes to biofuel, some of his his people, now, but it's not Trump saying that yet, that he'll continue to support biofuels. He better, because that's what looks like the See, direction we're but going. Jim,
0: but Jim, what is his idea of supporting biofuels he talked a big game when it came to e15 we're mm-hmm. still trying to get that done mm-hmm. uh, yeah. small refinery exemptions we saw him stand stand up several times and say uh that uh, 15 billion gallons is 15 billion gallons and the next thing you knew scott pruitt over at e- at epa was dealing out another round of small refinery exemptions. That happened all the time. So, what yeah, is his true. definition
5: of support for biofuels? Well, we have to find out. But I'll tell you that as we keep as I'll keep saying, sustainable aviation fuel is yeah. the biggie. The 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 most important question I get in from CEOs of major ag and energy companies now because the. The crude oil industry is getting involved in a good way, Chip. You know, I know you've covered this oh, yeah. uh, with the biofuels industry because they see this as strange bedfellows uh, as a tempering of the of the uh, uh, electric vehicles. That thing better continue because uh, we're going to need that revenue stream, and the airlines need the carbon mitigation offset if we're going to if if we're going to continue this uh, uh, carbon mitigation game.
0: Yeah, uh, Kirby, the CEO of United, he calls those offsets just a joke. Mm. At, at, at United, what he wants is actual reduction in carbon. It, it's really nice to see this. We're, you know, we're we're taking we're adding eleven dollars and whatever to your to your ticket so that we can plant more trees someplace. It makes the consumer feel good. We understand that, so they will continue to offer it. But how much good does that really do what is really important is getting the carbon reduction what's really important to him is getting the carbon reduction in the fuel tanks of
5: united jets and yes, absolutely absolutely and you heard the panel at the top producer summit i think peter yeah. You know, Meyer was there. No, I wasn't there. Well, Didn't I hear was it, but on he it. was telling. Oh, good. He was hearing <laughs> me. You might want to go through bullets of that because I thought yeah. that was an important panel.
0: You bet. We've we we have talked about it. Had a representative from Southwest Airlines on there. Uh, they're so into it that they are going to get into the ethanol business, the cellulosic ethanol business. I wonder what they know that we don't know. We'll be back with more Free for All in a moment. So.
3: Time for Markets Now with the experts from ProFarmer.
0: Joining us now, ProFarmer editor Brian Grady. Uh, Beach, this wheat and corner just having a tough time getting anything going to the upside today. What's going on?
6: Yeah, I'll start with wheat. Uh, so it had been holding up relatively well comparative to uh, corn and soybeans, but uh, that that ended yesterday. Just a technical breakdown, further losses today, and uh, you know new contract lows in most of those contracts across all three markets, and, and uh, um, just seeing more of the uh, the selling pressure with the uh, the technicals leading us to the downside, and a lack of uh, supportive news uh, you know factors into that as well. Um, soybean futures and soy meal futures are trading to the upside on on pretty solid uh, corrective buying here at mid-morning, and corn's kind of caught in the middle. Corn futures posted a new contract low, so that's a repeated theme here, obviously, but uh, um, you know, the seller interest is limited and just kind of chopping around unchanged with that conflicting support from the meal and and soybean markets and pressure from wheat.
0: Yeah, okay. Yeah, it it feels like corn is maybe starting to want to follow soybeans a bit to the upside here at mid-morning. Take us over to the livestock trade.
6: Well, we've got uh, strong gains in the cattle markets this morning. Live cattle futures moderately to sharply higher. And uh, so, you know, good finish to the week there, but feeder cattle, boy, uh, really showing strong gains here at uh, mid-morning and and, uh, um, leading the way to the upside. The uh, hog market, uh, not much to say there. It's narrowly mixed, and and price action is really quiet here to close out the week. And and so um, premiums to the uh, cash index are holding back uh, buyer interest in the futures this morning.
0: Yeah, it's an upside breakout happening in the feeder cattle market, that's for sure. Beach, thanks, buddy. Have a good weekend. Pro Farmer Editor, Brian Grady, Markets Now.
3: Go on the offensive against weeds with Antares Complete from Helena.
1: Opinions expressed on AgriTalk do not necessarily reflect the views of farm journal broadcasting, affiliate stations, or sponsors. If the world is your oyster, we've got pearls of wisdom on AgriTalk. All right, we're
0: going to keep the free-for-all going. It's Davis Michelson, it's me, and it is pro-farmer policy analyst Jim Wiesmeyer. Uh, Jim a lot of the things that we talked about in that last segment are going to continue to filter through the conversation, but there's one that I want to get to, and that is the status of the Massachusetts Q3, question three. Earlier this month, there was a federal court decision that, what exactly did it tell us? What What is the status of Q3? Is it moving forward?
5: It's, it's moving forward, Chip, and basically the exemption they gave to a firm was ruled unconstitutional, so they have to kind of, uh, you know, go back and, and revise it. So you're just going to have more court battles on this one. And and this whole issue, uh, Vilsack hit it straight on yep. on this one. He said that you're it could be chaos, if this continues. So that's another reason why you need a farm bill chip to get, to temper some of the uh, silly uh, states of getting involved here in interstate commerce, both at California and the wannabe states of California, like uh, Massachusetts, uh, Oregon, Washington state, et cetera. So I'll applaud Vilsack for taking this issue. Right. Right. Oh, I do too. I do
0: too. But it feels to me like this needs to be a standalone instead of you know uh, just included with a farm bill because because it is an interstate commerce issue. It's not It's not just pork because at some point, uh, the state of Mississippi might decide that uh, unless you make plastic forks this yeah. way, we're not going to take them into the state of Mississippi. It, you know, it's some weird stuff like that could happen. Going yes. forward, unless yeah. it is but addressed I, by Congress now,
5: but a standalone bill in th- this uh, House is, is is dysfunctional, Chip. There's no other way to put it. In my speeches, I say, running the House right now is not just hurting cats; it's hurting feral cats. You know, <laughs> they just can't get anything done. So you might want to put some language at the eleventh hour on a must-pass spending bill, if it's allowed to, we're going to see. But if something has to be done because you're going to, as you said, you're going to extend this this issue beyond the ag sector. If yeah. it, It's like executive orders in the ag industry. You know what I mean? Yeah. That, that, that you can do it on yourself. And it, so it, it's just odd. So, uh, yep. And this is basically the inability when, re, recall when the Supreme Court basically blessed what California was doing in Prop 12. The English version of that was the Supreme Court saying, you know, this is not our decision. This right. is Congress's decision. Right. Congress, do your job. And how many times are we saying that lately? Yeah, they need to do their job. And that's just like the con- this uh, March 1 coming due. Yep. And here – The House and Senate is going to be gone anywhere from 10 days to two weeks. And March 1 is USDA's budget. So, Tom uh, Emmer, uh, uh, the vote counter on the Republicans on the House side, basically saying no more continuing resolutions. I I don't see anything around that other than shutting down the government. And that's the last thing the Republicans need right now is to shut down the government. So I still I see another continuing resolution.
0: Okay, I was gonna I was gonna ask you to rank three options in order of likeliness, like you know, likely to happen. Uh, Congress passes appropriations by March one and eight deadlines. No. Con- okay, Congress approves <laughs> another continuing resolution to kick the spending yep. bills further down the road, or partial government shutdown on March one.
5: Yeah, they'll uh, I. I con they'll they'll do a stopgap spending measure but hello it's March March <laughs> it's, it's we're getting the the fiscal year started October 1 so you wonder what do they do you know they've got the they got the numbers that they need they just have to make decisions so once they come to an agreement you still have to go through the house and the Senate chip so that's why it won't be done by but, March one but if if the
0: If the numbers were there to push the appropriations bills through, why? I I don't know why they why they
5: wouldn't do it.
3: Uh, They could. They
5: could. But well, Congress works one of two ways: very slow usually, very very, fast in a crisis. So we we could. I'm not going to rule out them getting together the few days before because they do have time. Some of the staff, the staff does the work anyway. They're going to remain and work on these issues. So, yeah, I'm not going to be a Debbie Downer here totally. They can still get it done by March 1 and March 8th because they've got the numbers, they got the total uh, numbers uh, by agency by uh, that they need. So do your work, lawmakers, both chambers. Yeah. Yeah.
0: yeah. Silliness.
5: Yeah. Silliness. Okay. So. No, Chip, I but, wanted to insert one of the most interesting questions I'm getting now from farmers okay. is, is will the protests going on in Europe find their way oh, to yeah. the United States and the ag sector? You know, I didn't think I'd hear that. And if you get corn prices under $4, which I think will happen, soybean futures under what? 11? You know?
0: Yeah. They don't uh, trade at 11 bucks for it. For very long, Yeah, but so, I yeah. mean, under under, you know, yeah,
5: I know. Yeah, you're you're going to have pressure, and that'll add pressure to get something done on the farm bill, because the I'm telling you, the cash flow is going to grow as far as concerns, and I can't even rule out protest in the U.S. But that, I just thought that that was an interesting one that that I've been addressed at a couple of my uh, you know recent speeches, both in in Arizona, in. Kansas City in uh in in Fargo several times of late so mm-hmm. I thought I'd put that out there that we've hopefully we won't have to see that pain develop but uh we'll see yeah
0: yeah well you know you know it, it's uh it's easier and, and I I I don't I'm I don't want to again sound like a Debbie downer or anything but once you've seen it done it's easier to follow suit yeah. Which I think because the 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 protests happening the way that they're happening in Europe, and Davis has kind of talked about this before too, but seeing the protests as they are happening in Europe are sparking ideas and thoughts and and generating some plans in the u s for some potential protests too i I just don't think there's any question about that,
5: yeah. So. And you know at the outlook? Conference, the, the good news is that look at the cotton market. It looks to me that they're they're gonna they're bidding for more acres. Jeff,
0: is that true? Yeah. But, look well, at, that look new at the new crop market is still new crop market still eighty five cents, Jim. Hmm. The old hmm. crop market is ninety five, but the the new yeah. crop is eighty five. It, it's it, but it is going up. It is going yes. up as new crop corn and new crop beans are going down. So, yes. Yes, cotton does look like it's trying to get some acres, but it—it's—I it, think that's more of a, a a general rally in the soft markets and and uh, a, you know just renewed buying interest in coffee, cocoa,
5: sugar, and cotton. Oh, and especially and, cocoa too. Yeah, 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 absolutely. And rice. And rice. And rice. Rice needs it. They need yes. it. Uh, yes. but, and the consensus of the industry people at this week's Outlook Conference, not total, but is that USDA's too high on soybean acres in the U.S. and too yeah. low on corn. If yeah. I heard that once. I heard it a thousand times. So yep. at least that's the mindset out there, Chip.
0: Yeah, 91 too low on corn, 86.5 too high on soybeans. We'll see. We'll see. I agree. I mean, my number has been 92 to 92.5 on corn acres, um, and and probably in that 84.5, 85 on soybeans. But we'll see. We'll see going forward. I mean, those can still change. Those attitudes and the plans can still change. Now, last fall was gorgeous. So if anybody wanted to get anhydrous down last fall to prep those corn acres, they got it done. So those are pretty much locked in. Yeah. Yes,
5: and I was in Fargo several times over the past month, uh, and they got some nice rains in December, Chip, and I'm yeah. telling you, it changed the attitudes of n- more than a few farmers that I talked with, yeah. so uh, that's at least good good steed. But the meteorologists that I've heard in my various uh, speeches, they always have a meteorologist there, yeah. and again, you have them on, on Agritalk, they consistently are saying, uh, if you're going to have a drought, It'll be from the center part of the country down, North Dakota all the way down to Texas yeah. in a kind yeah. of a band. That's what my ear is hearing out there. Right. Okay. Um, boy, only got
0: a minute and a half left here, Jim, but I'm going to ask you, what did you glean from the census of ag?
5: You know, I- I told uh, Brian Grady, a pro farmer, before I say he says, uh, "What what do you think we should cover on this?" I'll say, "Well, sit down because it's always the case where you have fewer farms. You know, the age yeah. of the farmer goes up, and the yeah. area of a farm also goes higher. And that's exactly what it was. It's just yeah. the changing. the The industry continues to to develop. Chip. Now there were some nuances in there with the uh, number of of women uh, in 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 agriculture, which I think is. A good sign, and the beginning, uh, in uh, the beginning, farmers, which Vilsack highlighted, Chip, he highlighted that.
0: Oh yeah, yeah. It it, uh, in his testimony, this week on Capitol Hill, it is very clear, Jim, that uh, he wants a clear path for small and maybe medium-sized farms, than he wants for large farms when it comes to. Things yeah. like uh, price support or, or yeah, uh, it's called safety it's notes. called
5: it's called income redistribution.
0: Yeah, yeah, it's it's become crystal clear, which which makes this fall's elections <laughs> uh, for ag a, a very unique. We'll talk about yes. that a little bit more when we come back here on the Free For All on Agritalk.
4: See in the dark with its powerful LED lights. Hook up all the implements. Ship like a race car? Steer with ease. And it can also cool my juice box. Yeah, her Case IH tractor can do everything she needs it to. Looking for a tractor
3: that can do it all? Check out CaseIH.com.
1: We don't make the news, we render it. AgriTalk.
0: Welcome back to AgriTalk and the Free For All. It's Davis Michelson. It's me and pro farmer policy analyst Jim Wiesmeyer. Jim, like I was saying at the end of the last segment, agriculture is kind of in a unique situation because we we've USDA has a leader that has already. Ben, ben, I mean, Vilsack 1.0 lasted eight years. The question now is, does Vilsack 2.0 last four years or does it last eight years? Yeah. And I I don't know if that's an election issue for 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 the you know as as guys are making their their decision on the president or not.
5: Well, if, if the Democrats were to uh, retain the White House chip and yeah. if Vilsack would stay further, yeah, you'll see Vilsack, the current version of the of Vilsack, which was really seven out of the eight years for Obama. Remember right. the first year he he was like what he is now? Yeah. And then he, he went toward the more production agriculture side. Exactly. But you would get the current Vilsack on steroids, Chip. On steroids. I think so, you're right. Yeah, I, yeah. I don't know that for a fact
0: but um i have i've seen him uh i've seen his presentation on diversifying income um uh, the uh the the whole concept there behind climate smart and green energy production he really 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 believes and you, you know it, it's not like i'm saying he can't he can't see reality because I, I i i mean he's a smart guy i get yes. that it's just that i disagree with him on the future of green energy in 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 a lot of ways
5: well look uh, at look at these sunscreens much. look at these sunscreens chip there's a case that has to be discussed by some of this is very productive ground you yeah. know so that that's, you know, it's just unbelievable, the ground that's right. going under that that's productive there. I'll side with productive agriculture any day because right. of the, the, the need, not only domestically, but for the world market. Uh, but right. as far as bottom line on the elections, you'll yeah. have your most substantial changes if either political party wins it all. Wins the White House, Senate and House. That's how Trump got his tax cuts in 2017. That's how Biden got his spending or the Inflation Reduction Act or the climate bill when he controlled uh, everything in Washington. So if you don't control it all, then you have your checks and balances. But still, we've seen both Republicans and Democrats use of regulations and executive orders to do what they want to do anyway.
0: Yeah. That that is uh, that is very very true. What about this ruling, or the the decision not to press charges against uh, President Biden for the documents? The the reasoning that we got from the was it the Department of Justice? They they said, you know, he's an old guy with not very good memory.
5: Well, that was the special independent concept. Okay. Uh, OK, that they, they and it was unusual. Now, the Democrats are saying all oh, to politics and this one. Well, sorry, he said it. I will guarantee you within the coming month or so, Chip, the Republicans will hold a hearing with that special counsel. And I right. mean, it's going to go 24 seven on a, a number of the cables. Now, right. some people say, well, if he's too uh, if he's that way, that you can't tr- uh, d- d- you know penalize yeah. him, how do you vote for him as president? That's what right. you hear from some quarters. So right. it, it's an issue that's not going to go away. It's not going to go away. Absolutely. Okay. Status of the farm bill.
0: Uh, boy, page four pro farmer newsletter looks really. It, it's it's very well done this week.
5: Well, it's, it's they're stuck in neutral, as Bart Fish, Dr. Bart Fisher and Dr. Joe Outlaw of Southern Ag Today said uh, today, because the, the inability to find additional funding. Now, uh, Vilsack said this Wednesday's hearing in the House Ag Committee was a wasted opportunity, a direct quote by him, because they didn't address his idea to tap the Commodity Credit Corporation for additional funding. They just don't want to go there in the House and Senate, but at least he's trying to offer them a creative way. (laughs) But also Fisher and Outlaw in that Southern Ag today, uh, they, 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 they note the increasing disparity chip between food stamps and farm safety net spending. And they said that strains the historical coalition necessary to pass a new farm bill. What they mean is that you already have substantial increased funding for food stamps, which is basically an appropriations entitlement that doesn't need the farm bill. You have conservation spending that that Stabenow, Senate Ag Committee chairwoman, has already got 20 billion additional dollars for funding for conservation as a result of the Inflation Reduction Act. So she doesn't have to worry about conservation, uh, uh, you know, spending. So where's her momentum to actually really want to get a farm bill? Right. I think that's part of the problem, too. So but. If, if these prices continue to go down, Chip, that's going to add pressure on both the House and the Senate to ink a new farm bill to get a better safety net. Yeah, that's right. One last topic,
0: uh, electronic IDs in, uh, in the cattle industry. What's the status here?
5: Well, it's, as, as you can imagine, the ag sector, uh, they don't like some of these proposed regulations uh, because they're saying it's burdensome regs you've got uh, tracy mann uh republican from kansas saying he's concerned with several of the proposed w- rules that would impose quote nonsensical and costly regs but uh vilsack uh, strongly defends what they're doing and saying look yeah. rfid ear tags are relatively small costs to avoid yeah. some of these animal diseases in the future
0: yeah yeah it, the the pers- the the perceptions of what is costly and not costly there's a wide gap between reality and uh, some of Vilsack's comments. Yeah, they're called takes.
5: unfunded mandates. Unfunded
0: yeah, mandates. Exactly. <laughs> Jim, it's great to have you back, man. Thank sure. you. <laughs> sure. All right. That is pro farmer policy analyst Jim Wiesmeyer. You got to come back this afternoon, guys. Uh, we are going to break down the USDA reports. We're going to talk South American crops with Dan Bossy from Ag Resource Company Monday morning. Machine repeat, Joe Vaklovic and Tyne Morgan here on AgriTalk.